This is an ABC podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Australia will weather this current virus storm. The nation will emerge from its darkest hour with time on the clock to score a win. There will be a golden dawn. New heroes and life will blossom across our land. Yes, it's time to bump. It's time to thump and celebrate on the Australian Broadcasting Corporation. Pull them up, pull them on and pack down for bludging on the blind side with the master of midfield mayhem, rampaging Roy Slaven and the leading light of long shots, H.G. Nilsson. Let her rip, H.G. Yes, T.F. Much. that's Cedric Esped Sump. AO torching the blindside blue paper once again and you can hear, you can hear in those few sentences he pumped out there, the power and the poke and the passion of the Sumster camped in the bludging on the blindside soundproof booth at ABC Grandstand HQ. You know Hollywood bound tradies job keepers and job seekers, welcome to bludging on the blindside and footy season 2020 and another blast of boot or blute if you like. Buffs, blindsiders, right-thinking patriots, God talk to me, pilgrims, and mad footy freaks. H.G. Nelson hoping the blindside dig for another set of seven water week. What an incredible week, a week, when too much sport is barely enough. Now, footy heads, have you clocked the talent lineup on the Mass Singer Show on 10? I mean, Australia's got talent. Has it what? No wonder it's a runaway smash. This week I clocked Michael Bevan in the hammerhead shark suit weaving his way through Barnsley's working class man. I was rubble. I was rubble. I hadn't thought in Bevo in years and had absolutely no idea the bloke could sting, sing. I'm still out a little bit on whether he can sing or not, but be that as it may. Remember, Bevo was our original ODI finisher who pulled up stumps against Sri Lanka in February 2004. So it's a long way back and I've been thinking about what's Bevo up to for the last, well, 16 years. Bevo, this won't surprise anybody, was backed up on the show by, wait for it, the poo. Mark Philippousis, who waddled on in the echidna frock and absolutely destroyed George Michael's faith. I was rubble. I was absolute rubble. You know, the tennis great on song courtside. I mean, I just I just don't know how they're going to top it. I suppose it's got, you know, 30 or 40 episodes to run. I just hope they can keep that standard up and the quality and the judging panel. I think it might be Dave Hughes and Danny Minogue and a whole host of other people who are just great. It was just terrific. Elsewhere on the sporting field, it was another great week. Chuck a full of rugby league nuance. Now, Canberra v Panthers, it was all nuance, really, were, you know, were Sticky's lot, the green machine, managed back into the game by the referee. I let that dangle at the top of the dig. Managed back into the game. 24 0. Panthers were cruising at half time. Final score 28 12. Draw your own conclusions. Now, according to coach, uh, that's uh, Panthers coach Cleary. Three red-hot managed moments in the second half got the green machine back into it. Mercifully, and I'm relieved by this, there was not a peep from the ant, which made me think there was something in it. Uh, look, the ant can go on a bit. I, I, I know we've covered him, his activities here for many, many years, uh, you know, with my work with Roy Slavin over the years. I mean, he, he's great copy, always enjoys being mentioned in dispatches and there's always something original he's got to say and uh, mercifully the managed idea didn't strike him as worth commenting on. And I speak on behalf of all lovers of the league, no one 
No one in these COVID-confusing times wants to see a, a blow that is a top-of-the-table blow, say, between uh, the Panthers and the Raiders. No one wants to see a 48-0 scoreline. Oh, no, we want to see a close game. Everyone wants an, every NRL match to go down to the wire mesh on the S-Pen. Fact. I've done surveys. I've done them with, you know, Murdoch Press. I've asked thousands of people, well, one or two, you know, would you like to see a very close game in rugby league this weekend? The, the answer is always yes. Now, the, uh, you know, the idea that referees do the heavy lifting in managing these scores, well, it just makes me want to vomit. I think it's un-Australian. I think it's un-Australian. I know the uh, rural and rural Antrax out at Concord, they'd hate to think that some of their matches were managed to get a scoreline of, say, 40 to 4. You know, I hate to think that was managed. I think that was a genuine reflection of the quality of the teams. Oddly, managed is the word referees themselves used to describe their handiwork. I remember having a long chinwag with uh, the grasshopper, Barry Gomesall, all those years ago. And he said, you know, I've got to be honest, HG, I know nothing about the rules. I just go out there and manage. I said, fair enough, tweet away. Now the murderer, he's killed football in Victoria and now it's gone from New South Wales. The game has fled to Cairns and the Northern Territory looking for a place to drop anchor away from the bloodstained putty knife. But his arms are long and his reach is prodigious. Speaking of the long goodbye, death threats follow Australian footballers wherever they go. It appears that a lot of the social media stained digital smears come from disgruntled punters who are outraged at close decisions. That may be the case, but I couldn't possibly comment. Uh, I did come across this first with Travis Cloak. I don't know if anybody would remember the uh, the full forward who uh, broke hearts at Collingwood for many years. Remember he came out with a glove once and then he'd take the glove off and throw it on the ground with him when he got within 50 metres, all that. Tremendous player. I think he might have finished up at the Bulldogs. He said, uh, you know, so many players these days pick up the phone as the first thing they do when the fi- they hear the final hooter to see what the public thought of their performances. Well, no wonder people get down in the dumps because no one's going to agree that you did the right thing in the third quarter at the 15-second mark when you dobbed that one through for a point. No one, I'm telling you that for a fact. You don't have to have social media tell you that. You know that yourself, so why bother getting it confirmed, et cetera, et cetera. We'll unpack this later in the show. And in COVID protocol news, once one player steps outside and disguised in the big coat and the funny hat and fails to log on to a venue where they're, well, they're all of a sudden they're all at it. I mean, is anybody staying inside the protocol boundaries? Royce, he hasn't slept in a week. The phone keeps going. He's a shadow of himself today. I don't know how the bloke does it, honestly. I told him he was mad when he took it on, but he took it on. He's done an excellent job and it's not his fault. People like Brett Finch want to turn up smoking in the coach's box. He can't do everything. He can't be everywhere. Volandis has to help. I mean, Volandis is sitting on his hands, just talking a long game, doing nothing all about it. Anyway... This week, the whole team went for a chew and a bonding drink. That's the Broncos. It's a catastrophe, according to the man in feathers, the bloke in the pantaloons of plumage, a catastrophe. I'm not calling it a catastrophe. I'm describing it as unprecedented. Now, Aussie's fired up by the promise of Australia. It's tremendous to have you with us as we prod forward through the solidly backed up stoolage of the week's sporting action. Remember to step up and have a go to get a go. I mean, that's the message today in Australia. If you've got something, then get in the queue for another handout. That's the other bit of the message. There's always a dozen Krispy Kremes we can find at the back of the big house in Canberra that we can drag up the front and dish out anyone. All you have to do is ask, honestly. Now, well, I'm super excited about this, and I come to that word again. It's an unprecedented level of excitement. Imagine my excitement when I saw the poo on The Masked Singer. You get an idea? 
you know, in the, obviously, the echidna costume, you know, George Michael's faith, you can get the idea, I'm bubbling away, I'm super excited, unprecedented, yes. Well, to get the blindside barge away from the wharf this week, let's lock horns with a man who this week put his the finishing touches to a portfolio of footballing fragrances. He was inspired by Shane Warne's SW23 range. I don't know if you've had a chance to dab these on, but they're just incredible. I mean... It's got five for written all over it and uh, maybe a hundred if you're opening for Australia. I mean, just wear them and give them a go. Anyway, this man has been weaving the magic of his own football fragrances in the double garage out of back of S-Bank House in Lithgow, cooking up the odours of tomorrow today. That's how he describes them. His grunt and poke range of scents, sprays and pomades are tagged the bouquet of the boot, beginning with the Group 10 Prodigy. This is an entry-level waft for all ages and all codes, that says, I love what you're doing to me, so keep it up, babe. I think that's the message I'm getting from, uh, you know, Group 10 Prodigy. Then the Stomper is an aroma of excess that puts you and your special friend in the front row of experience. I mean, that's some call. That's some call for a, you know, bottle of, you know, basically water with a funny smell in it. And uh, finally, this uh, top of the range, Rooting King. Uh, this is the uh, biggest and bolters of the Grunt and Poke uh, scent solutions. One dab puts you and your partner down the deep end of the mounting enclosure. I mean, <laughs> fact, just try it out and see where you end up. The man, standing, <laughs> the man standing behind the 2020 Father's Day bouquet of the boot range is rampaging Roy Slavin. Roy, can we get the bludging on the blind side bunny in motion simply by asking what highlights caught your restless eye this week? Funky do Yes, Thank you very, very much, H.C. Uh, Nelson. A very exciting week, interesting week, fascinating week, unprecedented, as you say, week. A week where, well, the upside of the lockdown bubble hub life started to reveal itself, in my view. It did. It did. People like the security, that is the general population of Australia, or most Aussies, I know, uh, they like the security of knowing where our footballers are at all times. Yeah. There's a certain amount of comfort we can take from that. And gen- well, that is generally speaking, we know where they are. Jail would be the best place. Oh, I know it? that, I know yeah. that, but we can't do that because we've got laws and yeah. lawyers <laughs> destroying this. Anyway, we'll get onto that later. <sighs> Look, <laughs> what amazes me and what reassures me, reassures me, is that a majority of our footballers are law-abiding citizens. It'd be at least 50%. Yep. Now, that's a staggering statistic <laughs> because most people think that footballers are totally out of control. They're not totally out of control. We can respect, rely on nearly roughly 50% of them to do the right thing. And I think that's a good thing. I think that's a positive we can take out of this, HG. An absolute positive. It's not all doom and gloom and negative. Not all footballers are idiots. Just about half of them. God. Now, the Broncos' meltdown continues. I don't know what's going wrong with them. Now, Seabold, that's Anthony Seabold, is paranoid about Kevy Walters, of all people. He's looking over his shoulder all the time, looking for Kevy Walters coming through the door. But I don't know why. Kevy Walters has been standing outside Broncos HQ for years now with a sign saying, what about me? <laughs> and people have just been walking past, you know, hey, Kev, here you go. Yeah, all right. What about me? Ignore it. 
Ignore it. I mean, the Broncos don't want Kevin Walters. Can't the message get through to the bloke? Surely his twin brother can tell him. Yeah. Carrot, bring him up. Carrot, it's Carrot here, Kevin. Oh, hi, Carrot. You're not wanted. What? You're not wanted. <laughs> I mean, can we make it any clearer? I mean, if the Broncos got to put out a statement every week, Kevin Wallace does not coach here, he will, and he'll never coach here. We don't want him. God almighty. Now, Tavita Ponga Jr. Ah, yes. Now, he's fined $30,000 for breaking COVID protocols. The bloke had to go to opening of a barber shop. I know. I mean, surely the rugby league can... I mean, surely there's a bit of wriggle room here. I mean, it was a barber shop. You know, he phoned me about it. I said, well, look, hang on. Where's the bath? Where's the bath? Yeah. He said, oh, yeah, there's a bath there. Well, I said, well, do you just use the bath? Hmm. Shower. Yeah, everyone was using the bath. Yeah. I couldn't see any problem with it. They, they, were, they obeyed all the protocols, as nearly as I can tell, with the opening of that particular barber shop. And I think it's a sad old bloody day when a rugby league player can't go to a mate's barber shop opening. I mean, have we got to that? Hmm. Is this the Australia I know? No. Such an important moment in a it's, youngster's life. Yes, you get the call. Shop. What, you what? I'm yeah. opening a barber. You're opening <laughs> a barber shop? When? Tomorrow night. I'll be there. Now, a philosophical issue, HG. Yes, good. Should the public report NRL players breaking quarantine? Ah, I mean, dobbers. Yeah. Are we turning into China, a nation of dobbers? I don't know. I, I, I just don't know. Look, I think we should be able to issue what I would call a citizen's warning. Now, if a citizen... What a lovely idea. If a citizen sees an, a, an NRL player, or or, yeah, let's say Wayne yeah. Bennett, yeah. Yeah, at a Paul restaurant Vaughan. somewhere... Yeah. Eating carbonara. Yeah, to be able to go up to him and say, excuse me, uh, Mr Bennett, I'm a citizen of Australia. I love my rugby league. I love my rugby league and you're breaking protocol. Now, leave now or I'll have to call the police. You just issue a warning. A bit like a citizen's arrest, HG. Well, you know, if you I'm see, liking it. Yeah, well, I, uh, and I'm wondering if, uh, I don't know, some sort of ticket could be issued. Like most of the Australian citizens receive something through the mail that labels it, that is uh, yes. a special certificate, and you hand it out. I was thinking more like a parking fine. Like, exactly, mm. exactly, that is uh, issued by... Responsible local... citizens. Yes. And it's very easy to determine people who are responsible, I think. Do you know what I think would be a nice touch is if you busted, say, Wayne Bennett. Yes. Uh, you didn't report this to anybody. No. Because he knew he was busted he... and stood up and walked out Walk immediately. Out. Exactly. And said, yeah. fair enough, fair cop. Fair cop. You got I'm on me, my way you home got me there. I'm going now. I'll, I'll be inside I'll, for yep, 14 yep, days. Yep, yep. I'll just hop in the sanitizer bath and I'll be out of here. It's fine. Not a problem. Aaron Aaron Woods, HG, he's uh, threatening to leave social media if the abuse doesn't cease. Now, you alluded to this sort of behaviour happening in your opening comments. Mm. Look, can I just say I love reading Aaron's stuff, his social Social media media stuff. Yeah, Yeah. his commentary. It's terrific stuff. Um, 
He had a lovely no. piece about Wayne Bennett the other day. Yes. Thought, thought it went a bit far, but nonetheless. Yeah. Look, I, I just – and I want to continue I, – I, I think it would be horrible, terrible, dreadful if Aaron is not going to post anymore. Could I just suggest if people are getting involved in – Bagging. In Aaron Woods' as, uh, you know, links. Feed. Talk him up. Yeah. Talk him up. Say, so, you know, oh, bad luck, Aaron. You, know, you didn't play so well the other day or – you know, oh, I love your work. Yeah, yeah, you played well. You were just let down by your mates. Yeah, and that uh, coach of yours. Yeah, yeah, loved your work when you were when you were playing with West Tigers. You might have been captain then. You mm. were a great captain, Aaron. Have you thought about coaching? Have Aaron? you thought about coaching, Aaron? Have you thought about St George, Aaron? Anyway, now Dean Young, speaking of St George, he's taken over the Slayers, the Dragon Slayers. Um, now this is the son of Constable Craig. We've mentioned this. Now, right. now there are big raps on Dean as a communicator, and that doesn't surprise me. Craig, his old man, was, was a tremendous communicator. People forget he was police. For I know a while. he was, Constable Craig. Remember, he busted that case of the missing the footballs? missing footballs. I know he did um, that himself. He got to and so quickly he did it. But his communication skills were beyond compare. You know what are you looking at? Yep, that sort of stuff. Put your trousers on and get out of the car. I remember that one. He wasn't talking to me, he was talking to someone across the street. But it was very clear and the bloke did what he's told. He put his trousers back on and got out of the car. Now, the Iron Mike Tyson, Roy Jones oh, Jr. Oh, you're very bout, sad, this. Well, it's been postponed indefinitely. Oh, no. Now, I know we've mentioned this before in earlier programs, HG, but now I think is the time for Noodles to put his hand up or even Gal. Now, hang on, which, which leg of this uh, fight? Oh, well, I don't think Roy Jones Jr. wants to take on noodles, but Iron Mike might. <laughs> eh? I'd love be... to see Iron Mike noodles. Yeah, I think that's got I mean, class written One of them's going to have to spend, you know, a fortnight quiet, which is fine. I, I think, well, noodles have been pretty quiet, hasn't it? It wouldn't matter if he could sit in a box in Los Angeles for two weeks before... Stepping into the ring, yes, 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 yes. Anyway, I just I, I leave that there. Now the Opera House HG has uh, lifted the cost of using the image uh, as part of team logos. There are a couple of teams, including the Swans, that have been using that. Kings, and the Sydney Kings, of mm. course, as well. They've they've raised the the cost from one thousand dollars a year to ten thousand dollars a year. Are you sure about that? I thought it went higher than that. Was it higher than ten thousand dollars? Yeah, I think it was. What, hundred thousand dollars? No, halfway. Halfway, fifty thousand mm. dollars. Wow! Well, the story I heard was up to fifty grand. Fifty grand. Well, the arts are in trouble, HG. I mean, there's not much going on at the opera house at the moment. I mean, if you imagine you're going to go to the opera house and see an opera, you're not. Or if you think you're going to go to the opera house and see a ballet, you're not, mm-hmm. because of the obvious. Yeah. Uh, so they're doing it tough. Now, for the Opera House to make a bit of money, they're putting the squeeze on successful operations like Sydney Kings, Swans, Swans, etc., etc. So I don't blame them for doing this. I, I don't. I don't. And I think it, it, it's such a valuable commodity, that image of the sales, isn't it, that Utzon gave us all those years ago? It is. I, you know, I was completely oblivious to it being on the Swans jumper. I had to look at it closely. The yeah. Kings was slightly Kings different. Kings is very as, obvious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah, I'm yeah. just wondering if we built it as sort of owned by the community, therefore people who are running. Oh, it's in the, the public domain, you think? Yes. Public in, domain. In, well, 
Is it in the public domain? I mean, can anyone use the Opera House? Well, uh, didn't Peter Volandis use the Opera House at one stage to promote the Everest race? Well, that was terrific. Remember how much publicity? It was was absolutely brilliant. Yes, it got it coming in. It was pre-COVID, of course, pre-COVID. So you could stand down there. And so many people went to the opera, went to the ballet as a result of that promotion who normally wouldn't. People who, you know, were, were going to Randwick... Terrific, and thought, oh, well, oh, look at the time. Let's get to the opera. Mm. Now, Jason Day has stumbled. He's tied for fourth in the USPGA. But the good thing to come out of this, HG, is that he says he now understands his game a little bit more now. Yes. Isn't that good? <laughs> Isn't is that good? good? When uh, someone like Jason Day is starting to understand his game, Pretty some of our other pretty someone like Hensby couldn't start to understand well, his game. Adam Scott. Adam Scott doesn't understand his game at all. It's a mystery. Does he? It's a mystery to him and I mean, us. Try what to ask him. Out there? I mean, you get no sense out of the bug at all when you ask him about his game. What game? Your game. Do I have a game? Yes, you've got a game. <laughs> now. There is a proposal for what's being described as a State of Union series. Yes, this is exciting. New South Wales versus Queensland. Suggestion is that by the people proposing this that it could rival the State of Origin, the Rugby League State State of Origin. Well, it could, but when you understand that they can't find 17 players in Queensland and they can't find 17 players in New South Wales, so they have the best of the rest concept to fill up the, you know, the parts that they haven't been able to source. I know, I know. It's the the most busted-ass idea I've heard in my life. Make of that what you will. The murderer knows people. People like Scott Cam, Shotgun McKenzie, Peter Evans and Max Verstappen. Join the dots, Australia. This is Bludging on the Blind Side on ABC Radio. Well, uh, Roy, let's begin with the big issue of the week. I mean, how are you coping? I mean, uh, this... COVID protocol. Let me just try and set out some of the recent breaches. I think we've canvassed the Vaughan Bennett thing well enough. The, uh, well, the NRL is investigating a potential biosecurity breach involving what's described in the paper here as League Larrikin. Brett Finch, after photos emerged of him on social media drinking, smoking and playfully kissing friends before sitting in the Warriors coaching box. Now, I thought all the teams had and their helpers had to, coaches, etc., had to come together. They did. Remain separate they and did. leave together. They did. To go back to, you they, know, their they, own they did. bubbles. Now, I, Finch, I've been informed that mm-hmm. young Finch uh, did sanitise himself prior to meeting with those people outside the box mm-hmm. and then re-sanitised himself before rejoining the box. Well, that's terrific news. Mm-hmm. Um I'd, w- before I go on, I yes. just a uh, question that you might be able to th- address while I do these other comments is, mm. you know, what have you heard? I mean, obviously we've seen and we have widely reported Vaughan, uh, you know, obviously Brett Finch now who sounds as though he's okay. The Broncos lunch yeah. 
which has widely been acknowledged as a maybe. I know you gave advice extensively to the Broncos about that lunch and what should be served and how you should be seated and so on. Yes. But then there's a lot of other chat, you know, social media chat, suggesting a whole heap of other things are going on. Yeah. There's a lot of conspiracy stuff going on, HG. Mm-hmm. Now, one I had to knock right on the head was um, I got a call from uh, the West Tigers and uh, it was one of the players, uh, I won't name him, who said, you know, Roy, is it true that I've just got to rub my, my, my privates with sanitizer and I can go out? I said, no, that's not right. That's not right. You've got to, you've got to totally immerse yourself in, in sanitizer. Mm. And even then, you can't go out. You're not going out, my son. Uh, he said, oh, I'm, I was going to go out tonight and, you know, everything downstairs is really clean. I said, mate, stay inside. Are you answering those questions? All maybe, the time. Yeah. All the maybe time. Maybe 30 or 40 yeah. calls a day. Oh, easily, easily, easily. Sometimes I get 30 calls an hour. It's driving me nuts. Mm. Now, we come back to this problem with Finch. The Warriors biosecurity bubble last week uh, was somehow, you know, I don't know whether Todd Payton, uh, you know, really blew the whistle on Finch or whether yes. Finch allowed it to happen. Who posted that photograph of young Finch? Well, the popular smoking. podcast is called You Know the Rules. Oh, you know, well, obviously these people don't. The Post said the recording was being done at the time and the television screen was on in the background showing the Roosters and Storm match, which suggested that was the case. Yes. Under NRL strict biosecurity protocols and proposals supervised by Roy Slavin, players and staff inside each club bubble are only allowed to have home, to leave home for limited purposes such as playing and training and medical emergencies. NRL approved Peyton's request for Finch to join the squad for a short time at their Terrigal camp after an earlier application for two-time premiership winner Chris Hayington to be embedded with the Warriors was rejected. The potential breach could be another black eye for for the NRL, which is dealing with Fallout from the high-profile slip-ups, slip-ups, very charitable word I would have thought, uh, from Wayne Bennett, Paul uh, Vaughan and Bronco star who we mentioned who had to go, who was forced I think at gunpoint yes. to go to an opening of a barbershop, a uh, Talita right. Pangai. Yeah, that's right. Now, yep. uh, Peyton said, I bought Finchie in f- uh, for me to keep me amused. Well, he's a very engaging and funny bloke. But he uh, has a good message. His main message to the group when we interviewed him on Monday night was around how much he misses the team environment. Yes, he does. Finchie does. Finchie loves being around a team because he's got so many stories, very funny stories. And it's not the same sitting by yourself telling stories with no one listening. It's just, honestly, it's not. (laughs) So... uh, One of his favourites was, remember, he broke both his wrists at one point? He did. You know, yeah. that kept people amused for hours. Yeah. I mean, how'd you wipe? Yep. How'd you eat? <laughs> oh, you know, no. all of it. All oh, the big no. ones came out. It was just very, very funny. And the way he tells them and the pauses. I know. The, the, the timing. It's all the in the timing. The timing, that's right. With, with young Finch. But see, Finchy, to give him his due, was under the misapprehension that he was a Class A. Exactly. This is what And we... many of them do. Class A? Is yeah. it Class A plus now? Well, this class... I know. I know. And there's ordinary footballers and yes, there's class there's A. class A, yeah. yeah. Well, see, Wayne Bennett thought he was class yeah, A. Yeah. And class A gives you, you know, the golden key. You can go anywhere. I know. I know. As long as you observe the basic, you know, lie in the bath, 
gear off, you know, sorry, got it wrong. Gear off, lie in the bath. Shower. Shower. Gear put on. gear on. And there's nothing funny. Sit there. down, you yeah. know, off you shoot. Yeah. Using uh, the hand sanitizer you, every time a knife and fork or plate yes, in your direction. of course. But there was no suggestion that, you know, Benny the other day over at the grandpa yeah. had come in and said, the party's on, where's the bath? <laughs> no, no, no. Well, I, I assume the bath was there. I assume he used the bath. Mm-hmm. I mean, Class A's have got to use the bath. It's just that, you know, Class A's are allowed to go. Are allowed to what I call follow the bath. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, Do you think um, that message is getting through? I mean, this is well, my Well, no, I don't whole... think that message is getting through. Look, look, I've recommended that certain utes have a bath put in the back. Into the and back. And so you can drive around, yeah. you know, stop at a mate's place. Yeah. Somebody puts their hand out. Somebody put their hand out. Yeah. You get out of the ute, gear off, into the sanitizer. mate brings you the hose, get out of the sanitizer, hose yourself off, gear back on. And away you go. Fine, absolutely fine. Fine. Yeah. See, are you getting people to clear, ringing you up, to clear them as Class A plus? Yes. Yes, I am. Put you in an unfortunate position. It puts me in a very difficult position because players will ring me and say, Roy, how are you? I say, yeah, good, 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 good. You get over that stuff. Pretty bloody quick. The eyes go, you know, you drill down. What do you want? What do you want? What are you phoning me for? Where are you? And they say, oh, you know, I'm out at the pictures. I want to go to the pictures. I'm just outside the pictures and there's no bath anywhere. I mean, what do you do? I know. I know. Where do you start? At least that player had the foresight to ring you. Oh, I know. I know. And you've got to give him a tick, half a tick for that. Well, I do. I do. And often you rush out with a bath in the back of your ute. Well, sometimes. But, but, but I, I just, know, it drives uh, you nuts. Well, my first question is, who's seen you? And often they say, oh, no one. Or I say, get home. The World Boxing Federation is committed to the development of the quantum computer, supports astronomy and believes in rational debate. No other sport has made such commitments. This is Bludging on the Blind Side on ABC Radio. Uh, Yes, uh, Blindsiders, uh, thanks for joining us. Now, the Senior West Tigers players told Coach Michael Maguire about the need to lighten the mood and enjoy each other's company more. He's not now, a fun guy, Michael Maguire, is he? No, really? it's very serious all the time. It's got to be, you know, obviously, you mm. know. Uh, I've never heard him tell a joke or a funny yarn, a funny story, an amusing anecdote. Never heard one. Yeah. Have you? I, I no, haven't. I haven't. I'm, and I've never met anyone that has. It's the first question I've asked players when they phone me up. Asking, yeah, I, I say, oh, listen, you know Maguire, yeah? Has he ever said anything funny? What? What match? No, no way. Now. He's dull. Look. He's no fun. That's what, they're the reports I'm receiving. Fair enough. Well, you know, let's face it, not many coaches are a laugh a minute. No, they're not. I mean, look at McGregor over at St George. I mean, the only laugh he had was last night when they beat Parramatta. Well, it was a miracle, wasn't it? Miracle, absolutely. It was a miracle last night. I I thought there was a little bit of management in it. Oh, there could have been. Uh, could have now, been, but no one would begrudge oh, know, no, no, Mary no, getting a win on his last game. No, no, I certainly wouldn't, even no. though I'm a Parramatta supporter. Yeah, I know you are. Yeah. I know you are. Uh, yeah. But uh, no, that you're absolutely right. Now, the uh, I think the um, Tigers were uh, up in Newcastle last weekend and they had a big, uh, well, they had a big event because Chrissy Lawrence's was 250th game yep. and Benji Marshall was his 250th in club colours. And uh, so on the way back, um, Maguire got them to stop off at, a, you know, obviously a, 
bottle of off yeah, license, yeah. and picked up a few cartons. Did he and really? A, a senior player made it known COVID-19 had made it difficult for the players to socialise yeah. and training had become a grind. Grind, yeah. Others said they were determined to keep training as hard as ever yeah. but wanted better use of the limited uh, time they had together away from the field. Mm. So obviously on the played on the field, got yeah. on the bus, a few cartons, you beauty, you know, yeah. a few beers on the way home. Yes. It did lighten the mood, didn't it? Well, it does. It does. Uh, you know, I, I, look, it goes without saying, if, if you've got problems with a rugby league team in terms of motivation or they're, they're a little bit, you know, having focus issues, et cetera, et cetera, you, you've got to jumpstart in a way. And I found the, the, the best way always with, with Grassy, with the chamois, it worked every time, get a keg. Get a keg Because cans can run out. Run out well, it runs they? out. Yeah. But if you've got a good, say, 24-gallon keg. Takes a while. Takes a while. Yeah, grins. Yeah, 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 yeah. And players love it because they some of the players fall over pretty early because they're not used to it or they're for varying right. reasons. And it's great fun. You can drag them out and, you know, put them on a truck or do anything with them, lie them in a toilet. You know, put them in the trough. <laughs> Nothing funnier than seeing a footy player wake up in a trough. <laughs> <laughs> it, look, it lifts the team. I know. It lifts the team. It, it, and, it does. And breaks the grind. It does. It with, does. With, uh, the gaze is lifted away from football briefly yes. to the urinal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Now, Smiles were on the faces again Tuesday when the uh, players turned up for training. Maguire kept it uh, light-hearted with a series of games. Games? You know, yeah, what, dark. stakes and ladders? <laughs> Ludo. Uh, the usual noise about Maguire being too hard on the players has resurfaced on the back of a couple of disappointing defeats, Warriors uh, and Knights amongst them. The club's uh, high-performance manager was spotted in, uh, no red flags with players when workloads, you know, when he was obviously thinking about workloads. So yeah. he's, got it, he's got that down pretty well. Yeah. Now, the other big issue in rugby league this week, and this would probably just be able to start on this, we'll probably spend the next three hours working on this, is the question of uh, Ivan Cleary's comments yes. that the match the other night against the Raiders was managed yeah. and they managed the Raiders back into the competition. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Do you think that was right? Yes, I do. Mm. Yeah, and do you I think do. that's good for rugby league? Yes, I do. And do you think that this all started with Bill Harrigan? Yes. That's yes, I do. Yes, yep, 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 yep. Bill used Look, to go out there and say he does the best with what he's got. With what he's got, exactly. So if a winger's streaking down the side and somebody tries to oh, tweet, you know, penalty, sure. off you go again. Yeah, 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 yeah. Look, I, I think referees these days, because it is a TV show we're making, HG, and it is entertainment, uh, they, they've got a duty to even things up a little bit, as you made in your opening comments. You, you've, you've got to keep people on the edge of their seats. I mm. mean, if it's a blowout, 24-0 at half time. I mean, flick, people mm. are going to go out or mm. what have you, hop in the bath and think. Think. Uh, but if you want them to stay, you've obviously got to turn things around a little bit. And that's what the whistleblower can do. I, I often say to them, you know, it, it's like you're a conductor and it's an orchestra. That, that you've got here, you know. We don't want to hear the brass all the time. Every now and again, we want to hear the strings. Do you understand me? And to hear the strings, they've got to be pulled. Are you getting the message, whistle man? Are, are our referees the best in the world? Yes. Yes, and they, they do it so... Seamlessly. Thanks very much. Without drawing attention Without to drawing it, attention to themselves, these yeah. incidents that happen could easily be... Yes. ...the, the correct... Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, <clears throat> game could go anyway. I, 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 I mean, it's always in the mind of the 
of the referee what's going on. You know, they, 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 sure there are rules, but th- but that's just a, it's gu- a guide. Oh, I say it's a guide. Yeah, you know, it's a guidebook. It ain't a bible. Hey, McCarlos, you watch your mouth. And it's business as usual. You get back to your own studio, Roland. Speaking truth to power. No. In a funny voice. He's sure. Without fear. No, 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 I'm good. Favour. Oh, please, sir, please, times are tough. Or an adequate budget. Sean McAuliffe's Mad as Hell. Watch it now on iView. Could multinationals own NRL teams? Imagine a top four in 2022 featuring the Tesla Rabbits, the Amazon Eels, the Facebook Tigers and the Huawei Broncos. Rugby League, it's a funny old game and nothing would surprise bludging on the blind side. And because the first hour's almost got away here, Blindsiders, we've come to the first bit of loot for the afternoon, and this is the official films of the Olympic Games, Los Angeles, 1984. Now, you need a bit of history here because in 1980 there was a boycott of the Russian Games uh, in Moscow, of course, and this was the 84 Games were a bit compromised because it was payback the other way. Mm. I don't think many of the Russians turned up. However, in these Games, Carl Lewis equaled Jesse Owens' feat of 1936 by winning four golds and a silver in the same, you know, the same comp. Yep. And Ekaterina Zabo, yep. uh, who was the game's most successful athlete, winning four golds and a silver in the gymnastics competition. Okay. So it did have very memorable highlights it in it. Certainly and this did. is a VHS Wasn't copy. Wasn't Carl Lewis one of Bruce's favourites? Bruce McAvaney, yeah. Carl and Bruce had yeah, a thing. they did. Uh, I think it was only when Winks came into the picture oh, that I know. Carl, that Carl moved, moved, sorry, uh, sorry, moved out. Bruce moved on, yeah. yeah <laughs> Bruce moved on, you're right. But, uh, yes. Look, I, I think we, we linked up with Carl at one stage and uh, I want to say Misty Hyman. That could easily be the case. This was back in 2000. We yes, had a, because they we had were... a terrific night with Carl Lewis, Misty Hyman and... and Bruce. I don't recall Bruce being there. He left early. Yeah. Oh, did he? Yeah. Okay, well, that, that explains a lot. And uh, I think uh, the big-footed one was there as well. Oh, Ian Thorpe. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. That is good, a very good memory. Yeah. Now, so Los Angeles, 1984. Yep. This is volume eight of 11. Yep. And it's a twin pack all on VHS. The colours of that 84 game is just incredible and the sound of this is just it's sensational. It is. Someone like your listener can answer the following yeah, question, Roy. Yeah. Someone's on the text page. She's saying, is it true that Julie O'Neill, Julian O'Neill believes the current crop of Broncos are too serious, uptight and success-oriented and they need to loosen up? Well, that's... Probably That's the, probably very accurate. Yeah. If anyone had known Julian O'Neill would know. I haven't thought of Julian in a long time. No. I'm thinking of the poo in the shoe and well, was oh, he the, yeah, the was burning it in palms Wagga, in Wagga? Uh, was Dubbo, it Wagga? I think. Dubbo. Dubbo, yeah, Burning Palms Motel. Burning Palms Dubbo. Motel. Was, was it Schlossy? And, yeah, Schlossy. And, Schlossy ended and then, up with something in his shoe that belonged that had Julian. come from Julian. Yeah, and the bag on the roof. And the remember? bag on the roof. Yeah, I know those were the days. They were the Broncos were fun then. Yeah, I'm not sure he's. I think he might have been playing for South. All <laughs> oh, right, that, that but he brought the Broncos fun with him. I did. He did. It was easy to see why the Broncos were dominant. Yeah, but of course they had Gene, Big Geno Miles, Dishhead, Dishhead. Yeah. Little yep. Alfie Langer. Choppy. Yeah, Choppy Clubs, oh, yes. What a team that was. What mm, a team, wasn't it? Mm. Memories. Memories. Now, the question is, who's the most unwanted man at the Broncos? 
who's the most unwanted man at the Broncos? Go to it, blindsiders! It's a captain's call, thanks, ref. Blokes, let's have a bludge on the blind side with Roy and HG. Who are we talking to, Roy? We're joined by uh, Glenn from Ingleburn. How are you there, Glenn? Hello, Roy and HG. Yep. How's been your morning thus thus far, Glenn? Uh, not bad, Roy. Normally I'm out in the golf course on a Saturday morning, but a couple of things come up at home, so I forget yep. for... I didn't play um, this morning, but um, mm-hmm. got a few things done at home here, so just uh, tuning in now to you guys. Yeah. Now, now, now where, 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 where do you play? I play at a course at Macquarie Links um, just nearby. Right. And uh, a few other uh, high-profile. Kerry ann Kenley is a member here, so I've had a game with Kerry ann Kenley, you see, playing yes, there. Right, yes, yes. Now, yes. she'll have more time on her hands for golf. I think she... <laughs> I think there's talk of her going to Channel 9. Whoa! Well, Are you breaking that news? I'm breaking Roy? that news I haven't now. seen that. No, that's yeah. tremendous. Get yep. for nine. Yes, I think Skid Marks has been in, in touch. In touch, and, and maybe a golfing out. show. I'm not sure if it's a golfing show, but it could well be a well, golfing show. I'll tell you show. where there'd be chemistry would be Kerry Ann and Hensby. Yes, yes. How well do you know Kerry Ann, Glenn? Do you get to talk to her much? Yeah, look, I've seen her a few. I've played like half a dozen rounds with her here over the years. Um, yes, caught up with her recently. Uh, yeah, she's um, she will have a bit more time on her hands now, so I might uh, get more of an opportunity to have a chat with her. And yeah, has she got a game? Obviously, uh, off the tee as well as on the green. Yeah, look, she has. She's a pretty solid player. I um, crossed her one time, and she had a big smile on her face. She just walked off the sixth green. And said, I just got a birdie. So she can play, guys. She can play. And is that a par four or a par five? No, that's a par par four, the shortest hole in the course. um, So that's where she got the birdie. Now, what about. uh, uh, Okay, what about a few drinks, say, in the 19th? Has that happened? Oh, look, look, it does. It's been been a bit short recently with the pandemic and such. Yes. But no, look, I, I normally come straight home, Wally, and just... Uh, no, fair enough. Now, is there a sanitizer bath there that you can dive into before teeing off? No, look, I don't think so, um, Roy. I don't think so. We'll have to get one in here. Now, the jobs at home that drew you away from the course, you know, what, clearing the gutters out because it's been raining and more water, water's expected and, or painting, uh, you know, the garage doors, which have been screaming out for it. What, what did you get up to? Oh, look, just, just um, cleaning up leaves and blowing, blowing stuff around. I've, I've got a bit of a leak on the side the side patio I've got to have a look at, so I'll, um, mm. I'll drag the bigger ladder out to have a look at that one. So just a few little tidy right. up. Right. Uh, and uh, this, this roofing on the patio, is it uh, permalum or, or what? Yeah, it's a per, it's per, it's clear. It's it, it just been replaced uh, four months ago with some hail damage. So oh, yes. I, don't know, I don't know what they did with that, but they it still leaks. So we'll, we'll oh, need to look at that it's one. It's very difficult to trace a leak. <laughs> then, yeah, yeah, good luck with that. I think you put a dye. I think you told me once you can do yeah, it with you dye. Can do it with a dye. Yeah, yeah. yeah. To, yeah I think the water's coming down the wall and not splashed properly. Oh man, I hate yeah. that. Yeah, you get falling <laughs> damp. Now, Glenn, let Roy uh, set out the question and now, have a swing at it. Glenn, who's the most unwanted man at the Broncos? Oh, it's it's Kevin Walters, Roy. Yeah. Now, can you understand why the Broncos have got the hump with Kevy? Look, they're under a lot of pressure, Roy. They're, they're, the whole of the state up there is on, on their case and they just can't make it happen. And yeah. 
And the, the, I suppose, well, Kevy's in the media and things like that. He's got lots to say, but can he really help? I don't, it's a real the conundrum up Gee, there. Gee, you unpacked that beautifully there, Glenn. <laughs> that was just terrific. Now, I know they're going to try and do something new with the State of Origin series, playing it after the season by about eight weeks. Um, I'm just wondering if you see Queensland being able to field a competitive side. <laughs> well, Or should they call it on... off this year? Well, it won't be the same, will it, HG, playing yeah. it after the season and, yeah. and with the Broncos a big indicator of what Queensland Rugby League's about. Gee, I don't know if it can work this season. I don't know. And be competitive, well, again, that's another big question. Look, if you were advising the man of feathers vis-a-vis State of Origin, what would your advice be, Glenn? Well, I know you want to have a gut, you want to have a series. It's the biggest mm-hmm. game, yeah. So, but yeah, look, maybe he needs Mel Meninga in there to pep up the the the, bonk, the, the Brisbane Queensland side. I'm not sure. Okay. Oh well. Okay. Well, yeah, certainly uh, would be a Mel's got form. That's an in the, excellent start. He can certainly fire people and up. He's Australian coach. Australian coach. Yeah, that's look, good. So suggestion. Glenn, they're terrific insights there, and good luck with the golf. Good luck with tracing that leak, and uh, thanks very much for being part of uh, bludging on the blind side. How to build a healthy community? Form a club. Build a clubhouse. Win matches. This is Bludging on the Blind Side on ABC Radio. And just a quick one. The uh, Golden Eagle Broadcaster 7 is relishing, relishing going head-to-head with Network 10 on Derby Day for the second year in a row. Seven head of sport Lewis Martin said it was preparing for a massive Eagle race day in Sydney led by Bruce and Winks, obviously, that will compete with 10's Flemington coverage on October the 31. I guess it's uh, really encouraging, you know, how everybody's embraced the Eagle. Isn't that incredible? Two free-to-air networks putting up race day coverages. I can't remember that ever happening before. Nor can I. Are they on at the same time? Are they competing with each other? That would be a Uh, great shame. They won't compete with each other, but they're maybe 20 minutes apart. I mean, the feature race, obviously, on both cards. Yes, but that's very exciting. Isn't and that exciting? I know the crowd won't be able to be as much as it would no. have been normally. No. But, gee, that's a, you can see that Australian racing is just having a fantastic it run. Is. Despite the COVID, uh, yeah. you know, the COVID, I was thinking to... Well, well, fans have stayed loyal, HG, and they're still allowing their wallet to do the talking. I think they? I couldn't have put it better. Mm. I couldn't have put it better. Bludging on the Blind Side is a proud supporter of the interfaith, club-neutral, ecumenical church service for players, officials, fans and families held weekly at 6am at Lotto Land. No need to book, just turn up. Yes, uh, welcome back to Bludging on the Blind Side for the next hour uh, here on ABC Grandstand. Uh, If you want to get involved with the show, and lots of people are, then the text number is 0467 920222. That's 0467 920222. Or the old-fashioned way, Roy and HG at abc.net.au. And the following people have, Roy. Uh, yeah, Matt's been in touch, she from South Australia. He says, um, he says, I've had it with the murderer and his henchman. Uh, <clears throat> the umpires, he's calling his henchman, mm-hmm. killing our once great game. Yeah, killing it. Uh, the rot started when the umpires moved from traditional white uniforms to more attention-seeking guards. Yeah, I know. There's truth yeah. in that, isn't there? There is. There is. There is. I can't take my eyes off them. No, there. I know. Because they've got high-vis colours. They do. They should be something. They do. I know. I know. I, with the NRL, I think it was uh, when uh, Mokshin Jadwat walked out in the green that first time. 
That was a shock. It was a shock. I never shock. got over that. I never got over that. No, was, I just thought they're ruining their game. Yeah. They're making fun. It brings it into disrepute. Into disrepute, thank Ridicule. you. Ridicule. Ridicule. The yes. things that game doesn't want. Exactly. Now, buoyed by this new special identity, they started referring to players by name yeah. rather than remaining professional and calling them by Guernsey number. Oh, no. That's enough, 29. Yeah. Put it away, 29. Yeah. Instead, mm. it's, come on, Larry. Yeah. And when uh, that casual approach were, wasn't stamped out, they went further and started giving themselves edgy nicknames like Razor Ray. Yeah, I know. Uh, I know. Now Razor these whistle-happy freaks are hell-bent on drawing attention to themselves whenever they can rather than simply adjudicating the game. It's time for them to return to their rightful place in the great spectacle of AFL, which is invisible. Excellent. Excellent. I agree with every word of that, Matt. Thank you very That's a much. Wonderful summary. <clears throat> yes. Now Michael's been in touch. He says, "Is he pro umpire?" Uh, a bit hard to say, but Fair enough. Um, tacit, tacit, tacit to it is, uh, I think, a respect for umpires. Actually, as you'll discover, he says, uh, "Hello, gentlemen. The English language is as fluid as it is funny." Wow, that's a beautiful opening sentence. Mm. He says the fact that certain tennis types choose to use words like pelican as disparaging remarks serves to show just how much language can pivot in a short time. (laughs) The south coast town of Windang boasts a great rugby league team called the Windang Pelicans. Uh, Pelican stalwart and co-founder Speck Leach is still there after 50 years and the club still maintains their home ground at Baronia Park. Mm-hmm. The name, of course, lends itself to sideline encouragement of things like, come on, Pelicans, get on with it, Pelicans, never forget you're a Pelican. Now, the club's colours are black, white and a flash of yellow on the socks, which gives the look of a real bird. I played for them for 15 seasons. I've never forgotten, no matter where I go, I, like so many others, will always be a Pelican. Michael. Isn't, isn't that great? Isn't that interesting? Windang, that's terrific. That's a jewel. Uh, on the, absolute uh, jewel. Coast there. Absolute beautiful. jewel. Beautiful. Yeah. Now, speaking of language, <clears throat> this is from Brad in Newtown. He says it's an old, uh, it's old school knowledge that in rugby league parlance, to job someone is to give them a good whack between the ears, correct? Yeah. So that they know you're there. Yeah. Now, with the term job seeker making its way into our everyday language made me wonder whether we should be honouring the person in league who warrants the title, the ultimate job seeker, i.e. the person who most deserves a jobbing. (laughs) In years gone by, you'd have had Hopper, Gal and Co fighting it out for the honours. I'd be keen to hear your thoughts on worthy candidates but like to get the ball rolling with nomination number one. Yes. Josh Reynolds. Josh Reynolds. (laughs) It's not a bad suggestion, no, is it? No, job seeker. But, but I don't want to put <clears throat> targets on people. I mean, that, that's, this show does not put targets we on don't. people. We don't. We refuse. I mean, refuse. you and I have never participated in, in bagging of anybody in no. social media. Fact. You can ever go and have a look at our records. It's all positive stuff. Yes. Yes, it is. Mm. I agree you know, with you. I mean, I mean, I mean, it's not our go. It's not our go. To run these but things But if Josh down. Reynolds wants to put a target on his... Well, so be it. So be it. We'll notice that. Yes. And calling him a job seeker is not such a bad idea. Thank you, Brad. Where is Josh Reynolds playing at the moment or where is he going to? Isn't he going to the Bulldogs or is he meant to be at the Bulldogs? Josh Reynolds, I know he's with West Tigers, isn't he? Oh, West Tigers. Fills in for Benji every now and again when, you know, Grumpy has the hump with with the Benj. (laughs) Fair enough. 
you know, fair enough. Now, uh, now Robin's been in touch, HG. Oh, Robin, yes. just a couple of things. She says, uh, in view of a possible COVID Olympics 2021, I'm fearful for the athlete's health. Now, she's wondering in the athletics during the relay, she's suggesting they dip the baton in sanitizer before handing it to the next That's runner. an excellent idea. Isn't that the, that's the sort of thing you know, we you, need? You can have a bucket in every lane. Yes. If it's, uh, say, uh, four by 100, every 100 metres, the, yes. uh, the baton goes into the bucket. Yep, yep. Now, uh, she goes on a bit and then uh, concludes by saying, after the rush on Rugby League's men's fragrances, could the remainder be scooped up from the chemist warehouse and be used as a sanitizer, just as a suggestion? So if you did have a lot of that Rugby League perfume or eau de cologne, I think it was, or eau de toilette. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not opposed to the I'm idea. not opposed to you. It depends on the alcohol quantity exactly. in it. And if you added a little bit of, I'd say, kerosene... Or can I suggest Terps? Yeah, Terps. Do you know, remember Stan yeah. Eggins? Yeah, yeah, yeah Stan Eggins. Oh, he swore by Terps. Yeah. Yeah, no. swore by it. Okay, a couple of drops of Terps, and I'd suggest just maybe half a bucket or thereabouts of kerosene. Yes, in, to give it a real give it, kick. To give it a real. Give that COVID a good kicking. Now, speaking of language, HG. Um, Is this more about the pivot? Almost. Tim from Copenhagen. It's not often we hear from Copenhagen. In says, Denmark, the capital of Denmark. Yep. He Does he says, say what he's doing there? Uh, Obviously, seeds of rugby league. I think we might be able to get to the bottom of it. He says, okay. love the idea of turning to Vikings for inspiration. Mm. Who doesn't? Uh, on how to query a referee's judgment without resorting to profanity or demeaning pelicans. Fair enough. Fair enough. So I thought I'd share with you a bit of the Viking verbiage I've heard used here on the football field when Danes are addressing the ref or opposition coaches. Perhaps a handbook could be provided to players in Australia because I'm pretty sure refs would be confused by the use of old Norse verbiage that players could get away with. Now, he's suggesting words like clafat. <laughs> well, it's on a matter Sounds great really. already. Doesn't yeah, it doesn't. He Does. says... Um, Clafat. Yeah, clafat means literally clapping the hat or helmet. It was a bad idea to jump off the longboat without your helmet fastened. So you're, if you did, you're yeah. a, a clafat. Wow, that's a excellent, mm. an excellent pivot. A botnaki. Uh, literally, the soft spot on the back of the head, ideal for striking with an axe. Uh-huh. Uh, origin, it was yelled at young Vikings who exposed their soft spots to the enemy. Without putting their hats without, on. Without putting their hats on. It's all hat, isn't it? Uh, a vatnis, literally cotton wool, uh, said under the breath at Viking chieftains who chose to raid the weak English instead of fearsome slabs. Fair enough. Wow. That's, well, that's got history. That's got it? history, hasn't you it? I mean, understand a lot about the European forces and <laughs> you war would. and who dominated who. You would. But it, it, it would be lovely for you know, players to come up with a coded language where they could vent their frustrations with the referee uh, without offending them. Well, I've mentioned this before. But You're a clap out. Yeah, clap well, out. what's he going to say? Well, either he's or he isn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, he knows Danish. Yeah, if he so knows Danish, he might be in a bit of trouble. Mm. He'll call he just say, I've got my helmet. What are you going to do enough. about it? Now yes, get back perfect. on side yeah, that's or I'll right. send you um, off. Clown. Yeah. That's Pelican. Right. Yeah. That's an excellent uh, contribution there. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, just uh, finally here, HG, this has come from uh, Jan. She says, last week, or it was actually a couple of weeks ago, you were suggesting it's difficult to be discovered being a chippy or another or other tradie 
uh, as an extra or what have you in the, uh, oh, the four hundred million that the uh, yes the government's going to give for dis- our film yeah. industry, which is for Americans. It's all Americans. You can't here. get it if you're Australian. No. Uh, she suggests Har- Harrison Ford was working as a carpenter oh, on yeah. the set of Star Wars when he was discovered by George Lucas and the rest is history, as yeah, they say. Yeah, no, that's true. Well, I don't know if he was working as a chippy on Star Wars. He, he might have been working, he was working as a, I know he was a chippy. Before he became before an actor. Before he became an actor, But he also yeah. became a, studied acting. Oh, yes, I think you know, so. Yeah, somewhere yeah. along the line. Yeah, I, th- I think so, I think so. But, you know, if you are a chippy... Tradie working on the films, though it might be an idea to try and catch the eye, catch the eye of the director. You know, you while you're hammer. working the plane or something yeah, like no. that, do it with a bit of panache. Panache, yeah, a bit of something that eye catches. I know. Look, um, and then just go up to the director and say, "Hello, look, my name's you yeah. know Darren. I, I, I'm a tradie, as you can see, and I've been yeah. using the electric plane here, and I, I, I could act." <laughs> If you are an Australian confused by the terms multi, pick the score, first try scorer or pick the margins, Bludging on the Blind Side provides a free helpline service. Dial 1-800-BACKDOOR-BENNY and make an appointment for the whole family. Roy, very special day today. It's, uh, you know, obviously Victory in the Pacific Day 75 years ago and uh, look... Mm. uh, Was it General MacArthur who led the... Led the forces. Would have been. I suppose it would have been. He lived in Melbourne there for a while. Did he? Hmm. Um, During the war. I think that was a base. He had a base in Melbourne there for a time. I didn't know that. Mm. I didn't know that. And um, MacArthur, uh, is he the guy who went to the Philippines and and, uh, then went to Vietnam? Oh, hang on, no. No, I don't know about Vietnam, but he certainly went to the Philippines. Yeah. 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 Uh, he um, led the American landing back on the Philippines, he did. didn't he? He did. He said, I'll be back I'll when be he back. And got he booted off. Yeah. I didn't realise he, he came to Melbourne. I think he did, H.G. I mean, we could we could have, uh, you know. We'll That'd make a great film, wouldn't it? Uh, you MacArthur know, in Melbourne. MacArthur in Melbourne, what he got up to. Mm-hmm. And because there's all that money for American film subjects, that would, you know. Tick a lot of boxes. Thanks both, very much. Tick a lot of boxes. Both here and overseas. It would. And if you got one of the big names like Harrison Ford, to mention just one, mm. uh, to play General to MacArthur because he'd be about the right age. I suppose he um, would. Yeah. You know, especially towards the end there. Yeah. And I'm not sure, you know, you could probably have... Uh, Tom uh, Hanks could be in it. Yeah, I mean, he's been to Australia before. He loved it. That's a terrific idea. because, And he wears a uniform terrifically well. He does wear it. He might be in a film uh, at the moment he's, in uniform. Uh, I want to say on a boat. That's correct. And it might be a sub film, is it? Well, I don't know about submarines. Oh, no. their submarines might be in it, HG. I think yeah, he's no, defending think right. against oh, submarines oh, or yeah, something. Incredibly Very difficult. difficult. <laughs> depth charges. You'd have to use the get those depth charges ready. Get those depth charges ready. Now, <laughs> <laughs> so it's all uh, victory in the Pacific. Here yeah. today on the blind side, and uh, I mean, you mentioned earlier, or might might have been me mentioned earlier about the rural and regional Anzacs, yeah. this great rugby union side that uh, is is really. It's all the talk. They're not getting is. any publicity whatsoever, and they're not asking for it. No, they're not asking for it. They're just in their own way. Yep. Now they've got a, a street parade today in the Concord area. They do to uh, you know, obviously everyone can well everyone's welcome, welcome to join them. And if they had, a, if you got an old Dixie or a, maybe a World War Two hat, yeah. you know, one of those. 
Oh, the yes. Days, people, you know, one of those yes. metal hats or yep. slouch hat, then for God's sake, dress up. Or an up old 303. <laughs> Yeah, leave the bonnet at home because that kids can go well, that silly can with the bonnet. Be off putting to people who aren't can be unsettled to, by yeah, seeing it, people brandishing around. a, a <laughs> bonnet. <laughs> you know, but it's going to be a terrific celebration mm. because I, I I expected the city to stop. So did I. Now one of the things I expected at least a flyover or something. A flyover. Yeah. A flyover. I, I hadn't thought of that. But that's an excellent idea. Mm. And because it doesn't take long, these planes go. I don't think we've got any of the uh, new planes. No, the, we haven't. The, six, the ones we're paid for, they're the ones we're 100,000 million for, each yeah, or something. That's and right. They can't get the bloody thing ca- into the air. cabin to open. <laughs> <laughs> to get a pilot in there or out. <laughs> Once they're in, they're in forever. Uh, look, it's, it would be a flyover, it'd be great. But how about. Have we got any F-111s left or have we well, given them all? So. Oh, okay. Well, how about a flyover of them? People, I'd love to see them. Yeah. Well, I don't know that they've done anything in the last 50 years. That may be wrong, of course. Yeah. 50 years would take us back, well, sort of Vietnam. Vietnam. Well, Vietnam. I'll use there. Terrific yeah. plane. That terrific. Fixed wing and then yeah. move backwards and forwards. Sorry, that's the wrong thing to mo- – movable wings. Movable wings, wing, yeah. So it's when it was going at a million miles an hour. Mac, Mac 4, you had the wings right back. Correct. Mac 1, bring them up. <laughs> Something like that. Incredible technology. Incredible. Years ahead of its time. Mm. I don't think they've ever used it yeah. again. It was that far ahead of its time. Anyway, look, this is apropos of a conversation I had with Kevin Sheedy this week. Oh, yeah. And he's now calling for the league, that's the AFL, that's the murderous lot, yeah. to institute an annual Anzac Day derby in Sydney. Yeah. Uh, and he's, he's fired a three-pronged barb at head office mm. uh, to get the Swans and the Giants involved. Right. Now... One thing that happened this year with COVID, it seemed to me that Antac Day was a very movable feast and I liked it. I mean, for too long, I think Antac Day has been imprisoned Mm. by April the 25th Mm. and that's how I sort of see it. And so this year, I think the, uh, let's see, the Bombers played Collingwood and that was Antac Day. Now, that might have been only a couple of weeks ago. Good. Now, this... You don't think it devalues Antac Day if, you know, every time, you know, like... The Swans play the Giants. Yeah. Well, they played last week. Yeah. Okay. Uh, in fact, uh, no, during the week, and, oh. of course, the Swans towed up the Giants, yeah. highly fancy Giants. Yeah. Now, if that could have been Anzac Day, it would have been Anzac Day not on April the 25th but, let's say, on August the 10th. Yes, yeah. Now, I'm not opposed to that. No, 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 I'm not, I'm not opposed to it. I mean, there, there was talk of shifting Christmas, remember, to, to February fit in, the 25th. Fit in, yeah, to fit, fit in, in the rugby the... league. <laughs> well, I don't think anyone balked there... at that idea. People were very open-minded to that idea. You've just you've just got to have set goals and can I ask achievable the, objectives y- and yes that's achievable what, outcomes yeah and KPIs KPIs now can I ask can I ask are you disappointed with the idea that on Anzac Day as it's written at the moment mm. they have a match in Melbourne yeah. and then they have a match in Sydney yeah. I mean it's starting to get a bit weird now because the match in Melbourne is the one that has all the focus and the history and. Uh, you know, Collingwood play, you know, always right. play Essendon and everybody's sort of used to it. Yeah. And so if you're not interested in it, you can move on and do something else, like what's the races or sure. go to the casino. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, I've often felt that Anzac Day should be a sort of day that it's you only know within yourself what day you're calling Anzac Day. It's a personal thing. That's an excellent idea. Have you talked to anybody about that before? No. 
Are you no, beginning a national conversation about that now? I, I think I am. Someone suggesting on the text agency that MacArthur was based in Brisbane. Oh, that could be true too. Now, that makes a bit more sense, doesn't it? You mean you're changing your view that MacArthur was based in well, Melbourne? Well, I think he went to Melbourne, but he might have ended up in Brisbane. Oh, uh, so... I've we... just got this image of him walking around the streets of Melbourne. He might have visited. I don't know. Oh, I know. It could easily be. But now, uh, is the You know, film... if he was in Brisbane, there's, you know, there's every chance he could have got to Melbourne somehow by train, driver. Yeah. You know, what have you. Okay. Are we thinking the film's going to be called Brisbane 1945? That's not bad. Or Brisbane 45. Brisbane 45. Launched on Anzac Day, but the Anzac Day is in your mind. <laughs> now, is that... <laughs> Is that where we're headed with this? That's, I mean, I'm not... I'm not well, th- we're just drawing themes together yeah, here no, right, to right, celebrate right. the 75th. Yeah, 75th, that's this right. This is a 75th celebration or not celebration. No, to, to acknowledge. Acknowledgement of the... We're just acknowledging... That happened in the Pacific. In the Pacific, yeah. Now, so he's gone, the, the four-time visionary coach, this is back to Sheeds, does not believe enough is being done to grow the game in Sydney, which he says is big enough to house three clubs by 2030, even in a post-pandemic world. Right. So he's got the uh, Giants, he's already got the Sydney Swans, and it's been suggested to me that his third prong, mm. uh, he wants down in the Sutherland area, based in the southern part of the Sydney. Well, that's a good idea, near Ingleburn, yeah. where, where the golf course is. Right. Well, I hadn't made that connection, so they'd have something to do with uh, well, would put his hand up. You know, he'd be supporter of that. Now, can I suggest that mm. um, a, a um, you know, the... Bush turkey. Bush turkey, yeah. Used to be called a brush turkey. Brush turkey. Yeah. And used to be called a vulture originally. It I was didn't called know a that. something something vulture. I so really? I'm just wondering if this team shouldn't bag the name vultures. Not bad. Do you know what I mean? So it I gives do. it a bit of focus. It's got a bit of tood. Yes. And it's got a bit of history in terms of the wildlife of the area. There'd be yeah. plenty of brush slash bush turkeys down that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why not brush turkeys? I mean, that's still got a bit of a twang to it. Yeah, turkey though. Oh, I know. I think you've got to pivot it towards. It comes with. Uh, baggage. Yeah, a little bit. Yes, yes. Uh, on the text, someone suggesting MacArthur may have spent some time in Melbourne, but I believe he was based in Brisbane during the latter period of the war. Yeah, so he would have been there at this time. At this time. 75 In which years case ago. he probably saw a bit of rugby league. You mean like Winner Manly? Yes. Wow, that – well, that, now your film's starting to take shape. Yes. Opening scene. Yeah. The kickoff. you know, Winner Manly versus Redcliffe, whatever it's going to be. And, and in the stand – is Tom Hanks or Tom, whoever's... Tom Hanks standing and, next to Harrison Ford, who's MacArthur, and Tom and turns to him and says, Did you hear? What is this game? <laughs> and then, did you hear? The war's over. And then all of a sudden, not everything else yeah. follows from there. I mean, it's a hell of a film. <laughs> now, she wants to see Sydney Derby become an Anzac Day tradition, just as mm. obviously Essendon and Collingwood made the fix your own. The game would most likely have to be played at night if given the go-ahead. Under his plan, the match would be, and wait for it, this fits right into what we're talking about, as the Battle of the Bridge. What, Tom Ugly's Bridge? (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, eventually the Vultures will be playing the Swans and then you go (laughs) to the Battle of Tom 
Buckley's Bridge. Now, in reference to the Anzac Bridge, now remember all those years ago, as oh, I said the Anzac in earlier com- yeah, yeah, comments, yeah. Sheeds walked across the Anzac Bridge and mm. discovered people were living west of the bridge, that bridge. Yes. And he thought he the was only shocked. Th- he was shocked. Mm. The only thing that was missing was a footy team. And yes. He thought they should have it. Mm. Anyway, the Battle of the Bridge, in reference to the Anzac Bridge, yeah. and, he, and be held at the SCG with armed forces mm. invited. Oh well, I think that's the Battle of the Bridge is still fantastic. the best game if they get it right, and they haven't got and they haven't got the guts and courage to run with it that way. Imagine a packed house with Army, Navy, and Air Force at the game. That's my dream time game for the Swans and the Giants. Sheedy said, then followed up and said the third club should be based in Sutherland, mm. uh, but uh, he says, or you know, ever wrote the article said it's likely they'd face fierce opposition from Tasmania. I bet you if you put it to the people of the Tasmania, should the third club be in Tasmania or Sutherland? I'm pretty sure they'd say Sutherland. <laughs> How does the murderer get away with it? The bludge is calling for a royal commission. This is Bludging on the Blind Side on ABC Radio. Does it worry you that, you know, filling the joint up with Army, Navy and Air Force? I've got nothing wrong with the Army, Navy and Air Force. They're great. They do enormous work. You know, Rob's... Other people, Sydney siders, who might be interested in pursuing an interest in AFL... From attendance, because yeah. this game would get publicity, there might be a flyover. Well, there would be a flyover, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. <laughs> look, I think, look, I, I, I can see the attraction, the lure of Sheeds' vision. Mm. I mean, imagine, HG, the whole crowd is in uniform. Yeah, I know. It's I mean, that's image. a compelling image. It's a great image, isn't it? Maybe we could ask the public just to turn up in a uniform they make themselves. And how about this? You get in for free if, you can, if you're convincing, if you look convincing. And we publish the details of how to do it. How to make your own uniform. Or on social media or wherever yes. you get these ideas from. Sure. And we'd have people like, I don't know, Jennifer Hawkins modelling what she might wear. Yes. You know, sort of slouch hat. Yep. Uh, car key. Yep. Jungle boots. Jungle boots. Whatever they yeah, are. whatever. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. There could be something to that, HG. Talk about the public getting involved. And what would be great is mm. if... Somehow, I don't know, other aspects of the war could be involved. What, a reenactment? Yeah. A reenactment at half time or something like that of the, the storming of a bridge or. Not bad. I was thinking more of Kokoda. Kokoda trial. Oh, yes. You know, to get something from Kokoda that people marched through the stands, mm-hmm. were helped by people. Some obviously have to fake injury. That wouldn't be that hard. No. And were lugged out, you know, from the stretcher bearers, the Papua New Guinean people who helped us so much in the Second World War. Yes. I mean, you can hear the voice. Cracking. I know, I know. You're, you're talking, I think, what would described as Fuzzy Wuzzy Angels. Fuzzy Wuzzy Angels, yes. I wasn't sure if that was politically correct. Well, I don't know. I don't know. But that, that was the terminology that. of the time. And, it was. and if we're going to be faithful in this buddy film we're doing, we're going to have to use the language of the time. Do you know what I'm starting to think we won't get this done for 400 million? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? No way. No way you're going to get this done for 400 million. I mean, just imagine to begin with setting up that shot of the winner Manly versus. <laughs> I know. That, that you know, with a crowd there, all dressed as they were in. You know, I know, 1945. It's a great idea, though, wouldn't it? And, and Tom and Buddy Harrison are going to be cheap. cheap. They're not. Well, they're not cheap. I know. And then the romantic interest. Do you see a triangular romantic interest? Ah, there? yes, you'd have to. Yo, they're you know, fi- you fighting I mean? over the same. same <sighs> you know, I was going to say, think. You know, didn't know whether to 
located with an Australian star like Nicole Kidman, who yes. obviously speaks to Australia incredibly well. She does. Or have an international star who would speak to a broader audience, maybe Gong uh, Li from China. Uh, yes. I haven't got that name right, but it's You mean close. someone like Shelley's Theron or someone like that? Correct. Someone who really opens up the bank. <laughs> correct, correct, correct. Obviously you have to pay her a lot to do it. Well, of course you would. But it'd be beautifully written. Yeah, 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 yeah. Look, I can't see this film being made for less than a billion dollars. I'm talking a billion dollars. Yeah. But we've got to think this way, HG. Yeah. You've got to think big to find, You've got to find th- it. Exactly. Yeah. And don't tell me that people in China would not love to see this. They would. They would. <laughs> I mean, that's where the market is. You know, I mean, they have nothing to do with it, as nearly as I can tell. But nonetheless, mm. wait till you see what they eat. Well, that's right. That's right. Well, I think MacArthur might have had... Didn't he, no, well, no, he'd have there'd be some reaction to him in China, I think. I don't know how popular he was. (laughs) You know, I think he had ideas about China that were pretty aggressive. The 2020 Olympic Games are now the 2021 agenda. This change of date is the greatest Olympic challenge ever. If anyone can pull it off, it'll be the awesome foursome of John Coates, Lord Gosper, Bruce McAvaney and Dick Pound. The Olympics could not be in safer hands than these four bludgers on the blind side. Now, uh, Roy, look, um, tribalism. I think we touched on this earlier and the idea is that Volandes, the man with the feathers in the trousers, I was going to say trousers in the feathers, but I knew that was wrong. I couldn't Mm. work out why. Mm. Anyway, the feathers in the trousers. Mm. Very keen... Uh, to get tribalism going again. And his yeah. idea is, is to build these book, boutique yeah. stadium like what's out at uh, Parramatta Stadium mm-hmm. in the Golden West. So there's a real sense of us and them. Correct. Now, the Fortress Brookie style. Fortress Brookie. Now, I've always connected this with uh, fights, yeah. tribalism, with, uh, you know, bad language, yep. with uh, often torching of cars in the car park, yeah. with what are you doing here, yeah. what are you looking what are you at, looking at? that sort of stuff. Mm. Because people do see people at Fortress Brookie mm. wearing obviously manly colours, which I've got nothing against that. No. I think that's great. People no. Pride in the Guernsey, all of pride that. Pride in the Guernsey, that's right. And when that. the Tigers come, or especially, say, the West Tigers, people yeah. come from Campbelltown all the way on the train and the ferry. So a long schlep out there yeah. for them. All yeah. of a sudden, then they're, they're not welcome. They're not welcome. That's right. Mm. Now, and then I go back to the red and black block that used to be the supporter group of the Wanderers. I don't think they're still there or they're not in the same numbers or not with the same enthusiasm. Right. And so now what happens is is that they're encouraging bad behaviour yeah. by seeking out to do something which largely the city itself has moved beyond. Mm. I mean, I don't know what the police are going to think about this. I mean, they're going to have to go out there and sort yeah. these things out and obviously bang a few heads, et cetera. Yes. And, of course, mercifully in COVID times, we don't have to worry about no, that because you can't have so many people there. Yeah. But the Deputy uh, Premier, this is John Barra Barilaro, oh. has revealed the NRL's bold push for as many as four or five new 20,000-seat stadiums in Sydney yeah. and has the backing of the state government saying we're going to go back to basics. Now, a couple of things here. 20,000 people at a rugby league game? Well, that doesn't happen, does it? <laughs> you know, Pre-COVID, that just it doesn't happen unless it's a grand final. And even then, you'd struggle a bit, wouldn't you? You would. You'd be lucky to fill it up. Yeah. Unless you had two Sydney teams. Yes. Why don't we have them really boutique, you know, 50 people? <laughs> In a development that all but guarantees the grand final staying at the ANZ Stadium, Barra Barilaro, mm. yesterday said the government was absolutely supportive of NRL's boutique stadia strategy. 
almost down to your point, <laughs> with pro- proposals, multiple mini Bankwest stadiums to be delivered around the city over the next 10 years, including venues at Liverpool. Mm. Now, mm. in the old days, you used to advocate that no person in Sydney should live 100 metres from a 20,000-seater. That's right. That's the dream. It's a dream, it's a dream <laughs> isn't it? It is. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But like you, it's a, it's a difficult thing because you can play with fire. I mean, once you create tribalism, it's very hard to control. Exactly, exactly. Now, you know, uh, what we want is family-friendly tribalism, if such a thing is possible, and I think it is. What a lovely idea. What uh, One generation follows the old man. Yeah. And if the old man gets in the fights, it's all in. <laughs> I suppose so. I suppose so, but but you know, when we were with with the Shammies, the, the, yeah, you know, the, the, all the fans would get together and they were very Green supportive, shirts. all of that. But when Workies Workmen's Club or Sims fans turned up as well, they were welcomed. They were welcomed, mm-hmm. and there was a traditional welcome that uh, the. Um, the uh, Shemmy's fans gave them, they would walk up to them and say, welcome to Lithgow, and spat on them. <laughs> and once they'd wiped the spit off, fine. Yeah. It was all done. Yeah. Everyone right. was happy. Elegant. Everyone, simple. And everyone had a great day. Right. You know? So that's what I call family friendly. It's just, You just need a little bit of symbolism. Yeah. You know, can be, you know, it can get out of hand, you know, if it's a... Too easily. If it's a, you know, a knee to the groin or a kick in the ankle or a headbutt or something like that. Too much. Then it's far too much. Didn't need that. But if you can just come up with something elegant, simple, symbolic, inoffensive... <laughs> <laughs> but something that says Lithgow. Yes. Or something that says Brookie. Or yeah, that's right. Now, Barilaro said the details of the government's backing were still to be thrashed out. I'll say they are because this isn't going to be cheap. No, it's not going to be cheap. I forget how much they're going to cost. Isn't Barrow the he's the Brumbies man, isn't he? He wants to build up the numbers, the Brumbies, the the snowy country. Yeah, Yeah. pile down that way. Mm. Oh, yes, the Brumbies. Yeah, Yeah, he's pro-Brumbies. Very pro-Brumby. The details will be thrashed out. The Mm. NRL will be seeking some level of contribution from the state government. Mm. We'll also be hitting up the feds, I suppose, said Barra. Uh, We're at the early stages of the uh, conversation, but absolutely there's an appetite for it. Mm. Not sure how wide the appetite is, but nah. there's certainly some people were. And I raise this because mm. the NRL has a shock new rival in the stadium wars. Now, I had no idea that the stadium discussion had gone to war for I, I, I didn't know there was a war happening. I mean, it's just to do with... MacArthur, I mean, it's... Well, and, or the 75th anniversary. 75th anniversary. I mean, Lord. Now... The NRL has a shock new rival in Stadium Wars who want to storm right into the heart of Sydney CBD, Sydney CBD. Right. Tennis Australia will lobby the state government, that's the Barilaro lot, mm. for an indoor sports and entertainment arena to be built close to the city which can host basketball, netball, Elton John and, of course, global tennis superstars like Nick Kyrgios and Novak Djokovic. Mm. Well, I can tell you an elegant solution to this one, HG. It's very simple. The opera house is no longer being used for opera. Knock it down and put a beautiful boutique, be terrific stadium there for tennis or your Elton John concerts or, or whatever. Can I ask also, don't get any architect involved. Oh, God, no. The greyhound industry questions the French submarine deal, the issue of fracking and the financial health of our universities. This is Bludging on the Blind Side on ABC Radio. 
Yes, the tennis chiefs, according to this article, uh, want more courts and a second roof on the Sydney Olympic Park, but the big target is a new multi-purpose facility mm. in town to replace the old Encent with more park or the fish markets at Piermont as potential locations. Oh, well, that's the, a good idea because the, with fish the, fish, the fish market's going to move about 50 yards, aren't they, or 50 they metres away yeah. from where they are at the moment. So that old fish market site. Is that heritage listed? Mm, doubt it. Mm-hmm. Perhaps it should be. I don't know. It's been a while since I've looked at it closely. <laughs> From that perspective. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But let's say, all right, well, let's say it is heritage listed so we've got to yeah. make use of what's there and just sort of add to it. But you could easily get a couple of courts in there. You'd easily get tonnes of courts in there. Mm. And they could probably, uh, you know, be able to get some, you know, what would I call it, you know, some sympathetic yes. person on the heritage board. Oh, yes. You know, let them... To design it in such a way as that you don't notice anything's different. Correct. And it still smells fishy. (laughs) Perfect. McLaughlin Gate. No one is talking about it, and yet we all know the crimes. Any tips? Any clues? Any ideas? Bludging on the blind side is all ears. Yes, uh, Roy, look, very sad news. Uh, the Football for Fiery's charity football match. Mm-hmm. Remember, this was announced some time ago when our main worry was, you know, the country Bush being ablaze. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was scheduled to take place in Sydney this year. has been cancelled due to, obviously, the pandemic. Yes. The events organisers have been forced to scrap the high-profile exhibition match in October that was to raise funds, obviously. Yeah. Some of the world's biggest names were set to take part. Uh, Didier Drogba, uh, Dwight York... Uh, Ji Sung Park, as well as Australian greats. Right. Uh, you know, I had heard that Fozzie would be pulling on the boots again. Oh, isn't that good? Terrific. Fantastic. Craig Johnson, maybe. Craig Johnson. Yeah. Wow. Maybe turn it out. The lack of uh, transport options, the Australian government mandated 14-day quarantine, you know the rest. It's yes. been a very sad Well, thing. that is very disappointing, isn't it? And, and then the run of outs mm. continues because Group 1 winning jockey Adam Hieronymus is resigned to years on the sidelines and admitted he is not confident of returning from a lengthy qualif- disqualification. Mm. The 30-year-old has been found guilty by uh, Racing New South Wales of stewards of 30 betting charges and another giving false evidence and another of giving false evidence. Hieronymus's lawyer argued in submissions on penalty Mm. that disqualification should be served concurrently to give Hieronymus a third-generation jockey the chance to return to the sport which he has dedicated his, you know, it's obviously dedicated his life to. It would effectively be a passing a death sentence on uh, Adam's career, said the lawyer, there should be light at the end of the uh, of it all for someone who has been involved in racing his whole working life. Oh, dear. Now, yeah. very sad, isn't it? It is, isn't it? Now, coming back to that story, uh, I think it was... Um, Just before cons- you get there, yes. HG, uh, a chap describing himself as Dick from like Newey Dick, yeah. is saying that his father served as a Morse Codian. Yeah, for three or four years at Singleton Army Base in the Hutter Valley. Yeah. Uh, he grew up playing rugby league in the Lismore area and played rugby league for the Army. The biggest match of the year was the New South Wales Army versus the Queensland Army. Yes, we've heard about these matches. Yeah, played near an Army base in each state. 
a couple of first graders from each state plus a few army instructors and some additional personnel. My dad was a winger and was played. he played for three years until 1945. Yeah. He said it was a precursor to state of origin. I accept that. No one took a backward step, he said. Yes. And he said there is no doubt that General MacArthur would have attended one of these games. Now, he says the circle is complete. Maybe the film could start and end there. Isn't that great? Army v. Army. Army v. Army. Now, you and I remember State of Origin. That's real State of Origin. Yep. Back in the day, always had a curtain raiser of the New South Wales Police, police versus the Queensland the Police. Yep. Beca- and they had to Often stop it. Often a much better game. Often a much, much more better, willing game. Much more willing game. They had to yep. stop it because it got too rough. Too violent, yes. And no one could turn up for work the no, next day. No, no, no. Well, that's because the taking of, of using weapons was not policed <laughs> by the refs. As it is was today. It? Yes. Now... Coming to the problem that we started the, the uh, blind side with today concerning the Callum Ward incident where he then said he, this is a bit hard to explain, but mm. the Giants were playing Essendon and yeah. right at the death there was an incident where it's been suggested that Callum Ward staged for a free which got the oh, ball yeah. into his hands yeah. within a kickable distance and he kicked the winning goal. Yeah, it was pen- penalty puller. Penalty puller was a, the accusation. Yeah, yeah. Now... He says that he there were death threats. Mm-hmm. Now, um, we come to the question death of threats. death threats, yes. I mean, I'm not sure how seriously I take a death threat on social media. Mm. I mean, I suppose that's for others to judge. Yeah. Uh, but um, Well, I wonder how many murders have taken place, HG, where the <sighs> accused has been discovered having made the threat via social media, you know, a couple of hours beforehand or something. You know, I'm coming around to kill you. That'd See be... you in a minute. <laughs> that sort of stuff. That, what's your address? Yeah. Direct message me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, look, I... I, I, I don't know. I'm well, not a copper. Should, I'm should, not a copper. Should universities be... Well, of course the academics so, could, should be looking at it, yes, at to it, see if they, you can triangulate somehow. Yes, what an interesting Through, idea. So, you know... I reckon the killer's this bloke because of these texts made. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And these suggestions that uh, I'll be around in a minute. Yes. And what's your address (laughs) and stuff like that. I suppose police would be fairly awake to it. Yes. Now, what worries me is that once you do it once, doesn't that reduce it? It loses its power, doesn't it? Yeah, that's what I mean. So here we have... Well, see, poor old Aaron Woods is leaving social media because of this stuff that's been going on. I don't know if he's getting death threats, but his performances are being bagged apparently. Now, here's – give you Travis Cloak. Cloak fears an AFL player could self-harm over relentless social media trolling. Oh, well, there you are. Collingwood Premiership player said the entire team of players check their phones minutes after games to feed their addictions. That's an odd way to put it. A cloak told uh, the uh, podcast, his podcast, media giants such as Twitter and Instagram needed to take responsibility for unidentified trolls. Uh. Now, are we suggesting that all trolls should be monitored Mm. by somebody who sits in a thing and knocks them off if they're suggesting, well, I'll be round in a minute and what's your address? Obviously, that's fairly much a giveaway. Well, that sounds a bit sort of... uh... Mm, you'd need too many people on the job, wouldn't you? You'd, yeah, you'd would. have to come up with an algorithm that could do the work for I you. I know, I know, I know, I know. That's a, you know, it's well a observed. Like, I'm not. I'm mindful of that. Yeah. Now the difficulty is, is uh, Cloakey says um, 
Players ignored directions from their clubs to stay off mobile phones in the change rooms and would check social media accounts within minutes of the siren. I used to finish a game of footy and would pick up the phone and read Twitter and take up to the comments of a 10-year-old kid had to say as a person, you know, standing, you know, as the person yeah. with the same weight as your coach. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Talking ten year old kids. Sure. Players literally pick up their phones and see how many super coach points they have, check their ranking scores, how they went, because that's how they justify their performance. Uh. So in my eyes, that was what was happening. I was trying to now Yeah. How often do we have to say it's bullshit? <sighs> yeah. It's all bullshit. Yes. But then the next generation come along never having heard of it. It's the genius of the medium. Yes. It's never having heard about this, and all of a sudden they're looking at their phone and they're under eights. I know. I'm coming to kill you. Yes. I had a bet on you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, is the solution, HG, that if you are if you are going to commit yourself as a sportsman, you know, back in the day, if someone wanted to be a priest, you had to say, "All right, the pact is for the rest of my life, I will not engage in sexual activity." Mm-hmm. It's a pretty, which was a big, big, big commitment, big huge ask, yeah, HG, big huge. Ah, uh, have we got to the stage where we've got to, with, with sporting people, if you're going to commit yourself to make the vow to be a rugby league player or a AFL player or what have you, that you never get a mobile phone. You'll never know one. That's the commitment, commitment you make. Until you finish your career. Until you finish your career. But then cunning, people being as cunning as shit ass yes. rats will wait till Aaron Woods decides to get back on mm. and bag him for something. <laughs> I saw you driving the car. You were hopeless. Yeah, yeah true. You know, true. You didn't even put your indicator on when you turned left. Yeah. Yeah. I no, mean, it is a tricky problem. It I is tricky. That, but the more Aaron Woods comes out and says, I'm not going to use it, yep. the more him. Oh, the better it is. Yeah. The, the if all the players generate. walked away. Yeah. It'd be it'd be a problem much solved. yes it would. it'd be a much it would solve itself yes yeah. yeah I understand that I accept yeah. that yeah yeah but yeah. the difficulty is to go the other way it seems to me counterproductive really mm. to somehow think well people can keep bagging Aaron Woods mm. and we'll try and cope with the fallout the other end yeah well, it's just nonsense nonsense that somebody has to initiate no here mm. and Aaron's doing that yeah he's doing a very good job yeah too. yeah well, well good on him and for those people who are bagging him for getting off social media. <laughs> It's a complete waste. Complete waste of time. Yeah, he won't read it. He won't. He's not interested. And what a good point to end uh, the blind side this week, Roy. It's been fantastic. The issues were sensational. Yeah. That tribalism was just great, yeah. and the uh, and the seventy fifth HG. The what 70, a way to that to just, acknowledge. I know our history just hasn't got the publicity it deserves. No. Has it? And the idea there's going to be mercifully a, uh, and hopefully the flyover can be organised sometime this afternoon the over flyover. every capital city in every country town. And remember, whenever you want Anzac Day, it's Anzac Day. It's in your head. <laughs> it's in your, in your head. That's it for bludging on the blind side for this week. Uh, look, uh, can't do anything more than uh, enjoy the week and join us next week for more of the same or roughly. And of course, if you're disappointed, we'll tune in as well and bag us on social media. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.